There we go. We are back for another fantastic episode of Friday Night Counter-Attack. And this one, I say it all the time, but it's actually a very special one because whenever I get to interview a footballer, it's always very special because we are a football podcast. But it's even more special when you get to interview a, a footballer who wants to talk about uh, mental health as well. And because we are a mental health podcast at the same time, that's why it's doubly special to talk to um, our very special guest today, she is the captain of the Afghanistan uh, women's national team as well. She has a lot to discuss today. We are going to be talking to her about her predictions for the World Cup later on as well. And especially about her story about becoming a footballer for um, the Afghanistan women's team. So I am very proud to introduce um, our guest today, Shabnam Mubarez. Did I pronounce your name correctly, Shabnam? Yes, you did that very Perfect. Oh, I'm loving that. I'm really happy that I didn't mess up your name because... As ethnic names go as well, if you get your name mixed up, you're always like, oh, no, it's fine. But no, I wanted to yeah. make sure I didn't mess up your name as well. So, um, but yeah, thank you very much for joining the podcast today, Shabnam. I'm really excited and I'm really pleased that you're on the podcast today because there's a lot to learn about um, yourself personally. There's a lot to learn about uh, Afghanistan's women's team as well and a lot to hear about it. So I think for the first time in a while, it'll be a podcast where I get to just get to be quiet and get to listen to you. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your story today, Shabnam. So first things first, how are you? Um, where are you based at the moment? And who are you playing for um, at the moment? Um, so my name is Shabnam, like you introduced. And currently I'm based in the United States in New Jersey. And I'm actually not playing right now because I have a lot of other stuff besides uh, football going on in my life. Um, okay. So that's where I'm at right now. Fantastic. And what have you got going on in your life? Have you got, um, do you say studying that you've got going on and work going on? Right. So I, I am a full-time uh, university student. Um, I'm majoring in psychology, wow. which is very, um, and then I also have two kids. Um, yeah. That's another full-time job, I guess. Um, so that's what I really just do nowadays. Fantastic. So you're basically a full-timer as a parent and you're a full-timer as a student as well, let alone also being the captain of your national team, Afghanistan. So if anyone's got a busy lifestyle, Shabnam, I'm pretty sure it's you at the moment. So that's going to be fun to see how you fit this podcast in to have a conversation about that as well. So I'm looking forward to that even more. Yeah, I think uh, what you mentioned, the Afghan women's national team is currently just going through um, a phase of pause, I, I'm guessing, because of... Everybody's aware of what happened in Afghanistan um, back in 2020 in August. Very sad. That's almost a year ago. Um, and my teammates were, alhamdulillah, very, very, very uh, lucky to um, get out of the country. And they're actually based in uh, Australia right now. So that's oh, wow. very good. So I'm involved in, uh, in the national team so much as I used to be. Um, but they're, they have their own things going on and there's a lot of things that's happening for them in their lives. Obviously they have to go, they went from a transition from living in Afghanistan and playing there to a whole new country, Australia, where they have to just, like, it's a whole new life for them. It's a new environment. There's new people and the experience that they went through, um, it takes a lot of uh, mental strength to go from your own country, leave everything behind to somewhere alone and they they cope with it very good i would say because they have the sport so yeah. i mean you can use football as a 
coping mechanism for everything in life, I guess. That's why this game is so beautiful. That's why it's called the beautiful game. Exactly. See, Shabnam, I feel like I need to get you on this podcast a lot more now. I feel like I may have to come out to New York and have more in-person conversations with you because literally that is why our podcast started and that's why we're called Friday Night Counter-Attack. So we actually look at counter-attack and mental health through the love of football through. That's literally like our slogan. So the fact that you kind of explained what football is about for you and it's linking to what it is for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite I'm quite pleased that we've got you on the podcast today and the fact that you can explain everything that's kind of happened for the Afghanistan national team as well. Um, just to take it all the way back to the beginning as well, Shabnam, if, you, if you're okay to do that. Where did it first kind of begin? So in terms of like when you first started to play for the Afghanistani national team, when there first was a bit of um, trouble in 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 and around Afghanistan with the team, how did it first come about, Shabnam? So the Afghan women's national team started way before I started. Uh, like I didn't really know we had a team in Afghanistan. When I was uh, about seven years old, I moved from Afghanistan to Denmark. And pretty much life, I played for Danish clubs and, and I loved football. And the way I started is basically the way any footballer starts. I loved playing street football with the boys from my block. Um, yeah. And, and already from the beginning of my journey, I noticed there's a lot of obstacles and barriers for me because I was from a def- different culture and because the people from my block was from a certain cu- culture. So be- me being uh, a girl playing with boys was not a problem for me, but it was actually a problem for everybody else. Oh. Um, but yeah, so there's like obstacle that I had to kind of ignore to just because I had this love and this passion for this game that I was ready to just look beyond to and just to play the game. Yeah. So I remember I would sneak out of my house, have a hoodie on just to go play the game. Um, so this comes with a lot of mental struggle as a kid that you're eight years old and you have to think about what people think and you cannot play the game that you want to play. Um, but luckily, when I was on the field, that was like everything for me. It was just like everything was forgotten. And I was here in this moment and I just loved playing this game. And I just, there is a, I don't know if I can express it. Like, I don't have a specific word for it. But if I could say a word would match good, would probably be peaceful. I was, yeah. even though football is a game where you like run around and you're like you're physically active. It was actually peaceful for me and it's like therapeutic for me. So, yeah. So when I was uh, about seven, eight years old, we moved to Denmark and I started playing. And this lovely lady was walking by the park when I was playing and she was just like, why are you playing here? You're playing with the boys. You should join our club. So I joined, wow. the, joined the local in, um, in my hometown. Um, and that's how I started my Football here, and then later on, fast forward to 2014. That's when I found out that there's actually a national team in Afghanistan, and I was thinking to myself, "Oh my goodness, I have to represent my country," and this is where I can contribute my skills, and this is where I can contribute my knowledge of the sport, and maybe I can they can learn from me, and I can learn from them. So I got in touch with uh, the federation through a friend, and uh, we set it up, and then. And I guess in 2016, no, sorry, uh, I believe in 2000 and 
14, um, I went to Pakistan to play okay. our South Asian games with the national team. And that was a surreal feeling. Um, the team as a whole didn't do so good um, with results. We didn't win any games, but I think it was an experience for me that changed my life and my view at so many levels. Um, because I realized that, oh my goodness, there's like football on the other side of the world and it's just so different from what we know in Europe. And uh, what can I do? Is there anything I can do to contribute to the development of this team? Um, and if there's, if I, I, I kind of knew what my purpose was with my football career at that point, because I knew, I remember I told my father that, dad, I'm not going to go back. I'm just going to stay here and I'm just going to make a difference here. And he's like, you have to go back to get the knowledge to come back to Afghanistan and then spread the knowledge. Yeah. And he was so right about that. Um, so that's when I kind of stayed connected with the national team. And we just, we tried to uh, develop a team with uh, professional coaches. We, in 2017, 18, we, had another staff game in India where we had um, South, South Asian games. Um, and that's when uh, we had professional coaches from America and uh, the, the national team players, they were like practicing very hard to prepare for this tournament. So I felt like we were moving in the right direction of becoming a strong uh, team and the unity was uh, a very unique feeling like we were it's crazy to I think this is only our team that we are like that uh, we have uh, players from all over the world like yeah. we have players from inside Pakistan, and we also have players from Canada we have players from the United States we have players from Europe Germany like Europe all over Europe Germany Denmark um, like Sweden <laughs> it's so spread around but when we come together as a group, it's just we know there's one feeling of unity that it's unbelievable. It's like sisterhood. And we just ready to just do anything for each other and do anything for the women of our country. Getting a bit emotional listening to that as well. Thank you for sharing so much uh, there, Shabnam, as well. Because it just goes to show that even though there is such atrocities happening in Afghanistan with the Taliban and everything that's happening with them and obviously having to end up moving countries and being uh, a refugee in another country as well the fact that you can all have that time together um, even for a couple of weeks for a tournament and have that sense of unity it must feel priceless to you and to your teammates Shabnam. Definitely yeah it's, it's definitely a feeling that I've never felt anywhere else the feeling of belonging and the feeling of um, doing something for a bigger purpose um, it's just I never felt that anywhere else maybe I'm going to feel I hope I get to feel that feeling somewhere else future in my life but I don't think it's going to come close to that feeling that I felt when I was actually on the field with these amazing ladies and they were just they're so inspiring on so many levels like we have we have players that lived in Afghanistan and they were struggling to get to, to just training, but they yet still, they went through all the struggle just to get to training. And that's, that just shows the passion and the love and the dedication that they have for the sport. And they really want to do something for their country. And they really want to do something to put the Afghan women on the map. Yeah. And 
and it's just i mean i i i every time i went on uh national like uh, trips with my teammates i would always get so motivated and i would always get so inspired even by the youngest players of our team they were just there's no age it's just all i experience when it comes together it's, it's like there's a lot of struggle but there's also a lot of hard work and dedication and it's it was just incredible for me to see and a lot of hearts as well you can imagine with everyone literally just caring for one another like you said in terms of a sisterhood with the team as well um but no thank you again for sharing that i can tell it's taken a lot out of you there shabnam with i feel like you're missing your teammates now but like i said the offer's there if you want to be a co-host on our podcast and you want to talk more absolutely we're, we're always going to be here for you now shabnam you're now one of my favorite ever guests and just what you just told me there as well um i, no. I think you're being too nice to me now no, 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 it's genuine. I, I don't say things that I don't mean, otherwise I'd just be like lying. But I don't I don't tend to lie. So this is definitely just me talking without a filter now, Shabnam. So no, no, I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got next to say in terms of honestly, like with your best moments that you've had for um Afghanistan. And also just to let our listeners know, what positions have you played for um for Afghanistan? Were you a midfielder before? Are you still a striker? And what were your kind of best experiences on the pitch um together? You said you haven't done that well, but um, what were your kind of favorite moments for playing for Afghanistan currently? Yeah, I think uh, my first time ever representing my country is always a very emotional moment. And it's always a moment that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life. Um, and I remember walking, I, this was in Islamabad, um, and I remember walking on the field and the national anthem was uh, like they were playing the national anthem and you see the flag and it's just like all these emotions just just like pours over you and you just stand there. And, and I remember crying a little bit because it's just such an emotional moment that we come together as players to play and represent a country that has been suffering so much. And, and like the, the mental and the physical and the psychology, like this, the, the level of suffering the Afghan women has been through is just... I mean, I don't think there's any other country that's been through so much. And it's, um, it's unfathomable in in right. humanity as well. That's how you can't you can't put a scale on what they've done because, as you would probably know and you probably experienced as well, the fact that it's happened over consistent years as well. Something else bad has happened, and something else bad has happened, and then you're being held back from something as well. You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but by all means, I'm pretty sure our listeners would appreciate everything in terms of what you've kind of gone through. Um, step by step as well Shama. yeah I, I think uh, I think like you said it's like it's not for us it, it's very um, I wouldn't say complicated but it's 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 a discussion that's very hard for us to understand being outside of Afghanistan like so I lived in Afghanistan until I was seven years old but I didn't experience so much in my childhood that I would say I was traumatized but the people that go through it when they're children and then they're adults and then they're like fully adults and they get married and they basically go to the suffering throughout their whole life till they die. It's just another level of pain and another level of suffering that we could never imagine. How must it feel to have that pain, like going through that pain every day and like every hour, every second. There's not a day where you don't just like go and you're happy. They don't get a break. And um, I think all these emotions came to me when I was watching the flag and I was literally seeing all these women crying in like 
I don't know, this is crazy, but I was literally seeing all these women suffering in, inside, like when I was watching the flag of my country. And that's when I got very emotional. And I was like, this is something I have to do for them. As much as it is for myself, to make myself feel proud and to make my parents and everybody around me feel proud, this is much more bigger than just me and myself. And it's, it's, it's for them because this, this like match of 90 minutes might give them some type of hope that sometimes in the future they might be able to do the same that I'm doing. Like they might be able to play football and they might be able to achieve their dreams. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's just coming back to me now. I'm just getting kind of um, thinking about it. It's just living the same moment again. Um, I think it's very hard to understand what they, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get emotional because this is too much. Uh, but yeah, I think what I'm trying to say is just very hard for people to understand. You have to kind of be there to experience that situation to to be able to understand it. Um, I think from the outside, you can emphasize or you can um, maybe try an understanding, but it's not the same when you actually are in a situation. And maybe at, at, at this, like, I, I don't think I fully understand it either because I didn't live in the country my whole life. Um, but I think the amount of I've lived there, I can maybe understand a little bit more than just like a European person, I guess. Um, you know, you mentioned before about how these women are suffering through things. You mentioned about how you, I mean, for me, it's like you're also in the team, but like you said, because you were in Denmark for a good number of years as well. What was the main kind of differences for you to go and play for Afghanistan again after growing up in Denmark? Was there literally like no other decision? You're like, oh, I have to play for Afghanistan. I have to represent um, my my home nation. Or was it the fact that, oh, okay, Denmark have got a good team. I've, I'm playing well in Denmark, but I'd really just want to appreciate what Afghanistan has done for me and for my family. Is that why you went to go back to, and play for Afghanistan? I think it all depended on where I can contribute the most. Yeah. Where where I can contribute with my knowledge and where it would result in in like a better future. Like I mean, uh if you just think about it, like it's just that imagine if I did play for the then Danish national team. I don't think I would be able to contribute so much for the Danish national team. They are very well developed and they are amazing and they are doing such a good job. But my contribution wouldn't be so much. They wouldn't contribute so much. Maybe personally for me, I would be able to do good. I'd be like, oh, I play for the Danish national team. And it's like, I take pride in that. But I wouldn't give so much back to my community. Yeah. But I think that's that was the question for me. The question was, how much am I willing to give back to my community? And the answer was obviously. 100% I have to give back to my community I have to give back to where my parents were raised where my grandparents were raised and this is the uh, not to be ungrateful for Denmark obviously it has nothing to do with that it's just the feeling of giving back to so somewhere where you can call home is is just different from anywhere else yeah exactly because it's just like how um, in the Danish national team at the Euros this summer um, you had uh, Nadia Nadim who's also from Afghanistan as well and she's representing Denmark at the same time. And she's also been very um, vocal about what's actually happening in Afghanistan as well. So you, you being in the 
same situation being for Afghanistan. You must still feel a lot more relieved that you have someone of uh, Nadia's stature still helping you out and still um, fighting the same cause, but obviously from a different uh, nationality um, on the football pitch, but still the same nationality in her heart. Does that make it a lot easier for you as well, having someone yeah. like that? I think Nadia is doing brilliant things. I think she has had a very uh, beautiful career. And I think she belongs where she is right now. And I think her journey and her purpose and her path in life was where she is. And just like that, I think my journey and my path was just different. And here I am. And, and Alhamdulillah, I'm very grateful for that. And, and I think I just go by what the flow is and what I think is right. And then the rest will come. Yeah, I mean, you said she had a, a wonderful career, but because I'm a Man United fan, I don't like the fact she uh, played for Manchester City as well. So, like, the rest of the teams are fine, but not Manchester City. So, um, we'll skip that bit as well. Um, <laughs> but no, um, before we move on to our kind of next topic, it's been very insightful to learn about this firsthand from yourself, Shabnam. So, I wanted to kind of ask you, what's your kind of hopes and aspirations for the Afghanistan national team as well? Are you hoping to get back and playing with them? Or are you hoping for them to be able to have a couple of like friendly matches around the world to get them back into um, back into competition. What's your kind of process? What would you like to see happen? So I think what's happening right now in Australia is they're doing brilliant stuff. They're playing games and they're actually um, representing Afghanistan outside of uh, Afghanistan. Yeah. Um, but what I would love to see is that for all of us to come together and just have, I would love to play just one last match with my teammates and just, park the boots and then that would be it for me. Um, really? So that's what happened. And maybe, I mean, I, I, I hope it can happen some sometimes in the near future and uh, it, it would be great. And I know that my teammates in Australia are doing amazing and they're, they're going to be able to make the nation proud. And uh, I would love to be on the sideline and just uh, cheer them on. I'd, I mean, I'd rather see you on the pitch, like scoring a goal, being being a midfielder yeah. or attacker. That would be that'd be in your element, wouldn't it, Shabnam? Being in your natural position, you don't deserve to be on the bench. You should be you should be playing. No, no, I'm not supposed to be on the bench. That's right. That's true. Uh, myself in action again. I think it's just it's been so long. Um, but I I I think it's just a, a process of my mental state. I just need to like process everything and. Um, maybe I will get on the other side and be like perfectly fine with going on the pitch. But yeah, you're right. Maybe we should. I should be on the field. Um, I used to. I started off by playing striker, okay. and then I went back. Yeah. To just playing uh, midfield and defensive midfield. More um, touches on the ball as well, so you're more involved in the game, which is really good. Right. Yes. Uh, luckily, I was never a goalie because I'm not <laughs> good at that. So that's good. Yeah, it's true. Because with with the um, profile picture that you have on Instagram as well, it almost looks like you're a goalkeeper by holding the ball and it looks like you're wearing gloves. Oh. It's such a small picture no. as well. So I was like, thank goodness you're not a goalkeeper as well because no one would have um, been worried about that. But no, you're a good, you're an attacking midfielder going back to a defensive midfielder, obviously a striker before. Um, yeah. What's your favourite memory playing um, for Afghanistan? So you mentioned the national anthem. You mentioned about being with the rest of your teammates, what was your favorite moment on the pitch um, for your country, Shabna? Um, I think there is a, a couple of favorite moments that I have. Um, I think one of my favorite moments was when we 
played friendly in 2018 against the Georgian national team. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I can describe briefly what my favorite moment was. I mean, we were not winning the game. It's for me, just seeing my teammates coming together and being the captain and just observing how we play together and how we finally get um, the tactics and everything that was like explained and just seeing all this um, on like the talks that you do outside of the field and have it inside the field and everything was just applied perfectly. It's just a moment of proudness. And, and I, I feel like my whole team was um, doing a very, very good job in that match. And, and, and we worked really hard. Um, and the goalie was amazing too. Our goal was super. Nadia, uh, Nadia's sister, Diana, was actually our goalie. Oh wow! She was amazing. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, so she she was amazing in that in that match, and and I think just overall, just observing all the players, and we had our youngest players who was, um, I think she was sixteen, and the amount of pressure a sixteen year old has representing a country like Afghanistan. And the the way she just was able to represent and able to perform was just inspiring. It was just amazing. Yeah, it must be. It must have been incredible as well. And it goes to show uh, what your teamwork has has won through as well. Because if I remember correctly, that game against Jordan, that was a world record game, wasn't it, Shabnam? Um, it's just something else. That was another. One. I, I've been in. Was that another since... one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was not team it's uh, the it's it's a whole nother story it's uh, basically i was uh, with this uh, organization called uh, epf mm. equal Field, uh, which are a bunch of women coming together and they break records like they went and climbed kilimanjaro which is amazing yeah. uh, just know that women are equal to men and, and i think it was amazing and the game that we played that you mentioned was at the dead sea um it was the lowest altitude game Played. That was it. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. Yes, that was Crazy. a different game. That was yeah. a different game, but that's what I remember. You mentioned Jordan, so I was like, oh, was it the same one? That now it's a different one that I remember, which is pretty cool as well. Um, but yeah, I'm still taken aback by everything you've said. It's not, it's not normal that I'm speechless on this podcast, Shabnam. But after everything you and your teammates have gone through, um, I can only applaud what you've done and and pray, inshallah, that it gets better for everyone. I think a really good idea for you would be to have a friendly against Denmark. Wouldn't that be cool? Having sister versus sister uh, <laughs> for a little charity game in, in Denmark. That would be fantastic, I would say. And yeah, Denmark I... had a decent tournament at the European Championships as well. So they'd want to have another game or two um, going forward, which would be quite cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's, I mean, there's a lot of options and there's a lot of way of us coming back and then seen again um and i think it it's it's gonna be somewhere in europe i i feel like and something's gonna probably happen in the next maybe two three years yeah i'm looking forward to it and hopefully i'll be able to appreciate it from afar as well which would be pretty good as well um but no i'm looking forward and hopefully there'll be some of the players that you've got in the afghanistan national team to be actually getting into bigger clubs as well and getting more recognition and that's what we can hope for as well for the growth of football in Afghanistan as well. Like right. you mentioned before, it's the world's game. We want to appreciate it. And like you said, if it brings you peace, why can't it bring you peace or other people peace as well in different parts of the world? Um, yeah. Which is great. 
So enough of the emotional conversation about Afghanistan. Obviously, a lot more emotional for you than me. But you made me emotional there, Shabnam. So I don't, I don't forgive you for what you just did. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna have to be a bit slow going on to the next part. But uh, one of the reasons I invited you on, obviously, because um, around this kind of time as well, I, I still think like Afghanistan should have played in Qatar as like an opening game for the World Cup. That would have been really cool as like an introductory game. Uh, in Qatar because again Middle East Middle East it would have been a nice thing from Qatar but they didn't do it so that was just bad on their part but it is what it is yeah um, we are going to be talking about um, the World Cup this is why I've got you on the podcast as well today because this episode will be released around November time when the World Cup is coming so I wanted to get your thoughts on um, the World Cup Shabnam so again you're living in the USA at the moment is there a big hype around the World Cup currently with who you're speaking to if you are speaking to anyone about football or as they say in the USA soccer um and who are you personally looking forward to as well so I'll go I'll ask you all the questions one by one but um yeah are you looking forward to it are you are your family or your friends looking forward to it in the USA yes of course I've always been looking forward to World Cups um I think World Cups are amazing and I think it brings uh people together across cultures, across religion. And, and it's just, that's why football is so beautiful because if you have nothing else to talk about, if you're a football fan, you can talk about football fan. And it's just, it's it's an amazing uh, thing. And I, I think World Cup is uh, very special because it just brings everybody, like all the legends and all the good like players around the world on one scene. And you're able to see so many games in a day and it's, it's just what else can you, what more can you ask for? If you love watching football, then World Cup is the thing for you. Exactly. No, I'm looking forward to seeing what else um, is coming up in the World Cup. And I'm really looking forward to seeing um, just how the Middle, Middle East actually deals with the World Cup. Because as you probably would be aware of, with the whole human rights issues as well, and with the whole situation of Qatar being such a small nation, I want how the world will actually fit into Qatar being one of the smaller nations in the Middle East. So that's going to be a big challenge for them in itself. But I wanted to kind of ask you a bit more in terms of, um, do you kind of have that that kind of pride that you've got the Middle East hosting the World Cup? Or is it more in terms of, are they just another nation, Qatar? How do you feel about that, Shabna? I mean, I, I feel proud that the Middle East and Qatar is hosting the the World Cup. Also because we kind of need some Middle Eastern values and cultures out there yeah. for the world. I think we've seen it so much. We haven't actually seen it at all. And I think it's it's a like when the World Cup was in Africa, I think it was amazing because we got we we saw all these African cultures and um like the different languages and like the the song was amazing. Shakira did such a good job with the song and there's multiple songs. And I think it's it's finally the time for Middle East to just like put themselves out there and put the like the hospitality that we have and uh, the values that we have in Middle East and it would be amazing for the world to see that and I feel like that we are judging the Middle East a little bit without like even knowing what's going to happen like everything that's going on like you mentioned before I think you should actually be there and experience it before you can actually make a judgment about it, because it's just something you have, the atmosphere is going to be different and you can't just judge it for being there. So I think everybody should give it a chance. And I'm sure that Qatar is going to do a great job 
Um, and obviously there's a lot of political issues that I'm not going to get into because that's just the way the country is and there's law and regulation that they have to follow that that country follows that everybody has to follow, which should be good for everybody. And I mean, I think you should follow everywhere you go. You should follow the law of that country. So I don't see the problem with all the stuff that's going on with different communities not being able to raise a flag or all those things. Yeah, exactly. And it's just one of those things as well. Like if you go to another country, you should be expected to appreciate their laws or what they have for their for their land as well, because you are a guest in their country. So sim simple right. manners, if anything, really. So um my experiences of the Middle East only um only on where have I been in the Middle East? I've been to Bahrain, which is like next door to Qatar. I've been mm -hmm. to Dubai and I've been to Abu Dhabi and Ras Al Khaim in the UAE. And that's kind of it for me in my in my trip of the UAE. So I know the culture quite well. It's a lot more um I'd say authentic in Bahrain and Ras Al Khaimah than it is in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. But it's still mm -hmm. a fantastic culture to experience and to appreciate as well. So it'd be a fantastic trip for anyone who's actually going there to appreciate Qatar mm -hmm. and um the World Cup as well, which would be very good to see. Now we're on to the fun stuff here, Shabnam. So I'm gonna ask you um like I asked you beforehand to prepare your by the side for yeah. the past years of the World Cup. So you have to go through one year of each of the World Cups. That's 2018, 2014, 2010, 2006, and 2002. So just like yeah. you said as well, with your first World Cup was 2002, same as mine. We then have to go through each of these eras and you have to pick one player for your five aside. And because you are our guest, Shabnam, I will let you go first. So I hope you've done your research or if you're going to pick off the top of your head, it's perfectly fine. But what I can't do is I can't pick the same player as you. So I have to then think of if you picked one of my players, I can't pick them and I have to think of another player. Okay. Hopefully That's... I don't pick first then. And thank you for letting me go first. Do you want no, to start you... with 2002 first or do you want to start with 2008? Uh, we'll, start with, we'll start with 2018 first and work our way back. So it'll okay. be uh, refreshing. I can see you smiling there as well. I feel like you've got some really good players on your team. So I have to make yeah. sure I don't have any of them as well. So, um, And by the way, you can't pick the same player twice. So you can't pick Messi in 2018 and 14 as well. So no, no cheating there, Shabnab. We're not cheating there. I'm not going to do that. I promise. That's, That's okay. Didn't pick him at all. So in 2018, I think the nation that surprised and shocked everybody was Croatia. I think that they did amazing. And I think, um, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, Luca Modric, is that what yeah. it's called? Perfectly uh, yeah. Said, yeah. He was amazing. Like he was, he was the man of 2018. And he won the Ballon d'Or in 2018 as well. So he did very, he did very well for himself there, which is really good for Luca Modric. But yeah, you went for Luka Modric in 2018. So again, he was literally the best player of the tournament, literally going from Croatia, from the group stages, all the way to the World Cup final, losing to France. So if I had to pick someone from the French team, I don't think I'll go for Kylian Mbappe. I might have to go for... Yeah, I think I need a defender, first of all. So I think what I'll do is I'll pick Raphael Varane as my centre-back. So I think he was a very good defender to have in that team. Um, he was obviously a World Cup centre-back uh, winner, which is fantastic to see. 
And I think he finished third in the Ballon d'Or list as well. So obviously Luka Modric winning it and Varane, his teammate at Real Madrid, finishing third. Yeah, so I thought with me, if I have to pick one defender, it has to be um, Rafael Varane for me. So now we're moving on to 2014 Shabnam. So this is where a lot of the South American teams did quite well because it was a South American tournament in Brazil. So um, yeah, again, you're the guest. I'm letting you pick as many players as you want first. So by all means, who have you got number one on your list? Yeah, I think uh, my favorite team was Germany was doing very well as well. So Mario Götze was pretty good. Mm. It was between him or uh, yeah, no, I think he would he he was probably he would be my pick. Mario Götze obviously winning the World Cup final as well. So he, he won it with the goal in extra time. He's a fantastic player to kind of watch as well. I think for me in that tournament, I know you haven't picked him yet. Um, actually, no. I mean, I'm going to be a bit cheesy here, Shabnam. So basically, I really, really like this player. And I think he's a fantastic player to watch. And he's also German. And he also is he also a fantastic player to um, enjoy watching. So Tony Cruz, he was a big part in that Germany team that beat Brazil 7-1. And I think he scored two goals in that game. So oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone was one wanting um, Brazil to win, but I was like, no, I want Germany to win. And they're like, Hamza, you're English. You shouldn't be supporting Germany. I was like, I don't care. They're a fantastic team. And they won yeah. 7-1. And it was during Ramadan as well, that tournament. So I remember that mm-hmm. precisely because I went to uh, Namaz afterwards as well. I was like, ha, Germany are winning 5-1. And then I get back home, 7-1. So I was like, no, it was 5-0, sorry. And then I go back home and then, yeah, 7-1. I was like, wow, this is incredible. So, yeah, it was a crazy game. I think I got bored and during the game I was like, okay, what's going to happen? You know, Germany's going to win. It's just like, can we finish the game already? Uh, but that big win in a World Cup, it was, it was, I mean, it, I think it's one of the biggest wins in a World Cup history, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, it's definitely the biggest win in the semi-final as well of yeah. the tournament. So it goes to show that. Germany were just relentless as well. And like you said, Mario Götze, he came off the bench as well. So it goes to show that he was also on that team. So you've got Mario Götze and you've got Luka Modric in your midfield for your five-a-side. I've got Rafael Varane and I've got Tony Cruz. People looking at us now, they're thinking we may need some attacking players in this team. So uh, we're back in South Africa, 2010, the year where Spain won it. Um, Go on, Shabnam. Again, I'm being courteous. Who are you picking first in your team? I think this guy is he's like a mastermind. He's like he's football up here. Mm. And the beat just follows. It's Aniesta. He's oh. just he's just I mean, obviously he's retired now, but I think he has been one of my favorite players to watch. Are like you the, the Afghanistan the Iniesta, Shabnam? I would believe I would hope I am. Because, but I don't think I'm that great. But I do play with my mind, though. So I think I think I would get close to him. That's good to hear. I, I'll take that. I could call you the Afghani Iniesta. So that'd be quite fun to, uh, to see you play football now as well. Um, but no, Andres Iniesta, obviously winning the World Cup final again with the last minute, yeah. or the, the extra time goal, I should say, as well. He is a refreshing player to kind of watch. For me, um, I'm going to go... I think I'll stay with Spain as well. I will go with Spain. And I'm going to go for someone who I thought was a fantastic goal scorer to watch in that tournament. 
And I'm going to go for David Villa. I thought he's a fantastic striker. Um, for a team that hadn't really used as many strikers as they did, he was quite clinical for me as well. And on a five-a-side pitch, I think I need someone who's going to be scoring a lot of goals. And with uh, Varane behind and Tony Cruz in the midfield, I think uh, David Villa would be a fantastic striker for me to have as well. So, yeah, Andres and Iniesta. Are you probably winning this game because you're thinking. I'm not really thinking of five-a-side uh, when I'm picking, I'm just thinking of their skills and I'm like, are they going to do great on five side? So they'll be good. I'll, I'll give uh, you a cheat code. If you go for 2006, pick Ronaldinho or Ronaldo. So you get one of these big players as well. But yeah, we're on 2006 now, Shabnam. Um, yeah. So again, we're a long way back home as well, back to where we first started watching football in 2002. So mm. this is the year where you've got the first time you're seeing Messi, the first time you're seeing Cristiano Ronaldo. The last time you've seen Ronaldo, the Brazilian one, Ronaldinho the last time. So you've got so many players you can choose from this one. Who are you going for in your team? I choose any of those because for me, I think uh, Zidane in that tournament was... I know he didn't do a great no, job. No, 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 no. I, w- I was trying to trick you into not picking Zidane because I wanted Zidane. Because because the... yeah, I, have a ma- I have a plan. You have to... Just bear with me for a little bit. But no, yeah, Zidane was the, the, the man. He was, I think it was sad the way he had to end uh, his career, the way everything um, unfolded, but that's unfortunate. But I, I think he Zidane has been one of the players that has been really putting his mark on the sto- uh, story of football. I think he's, he's an, a remarkable player. And in 2006, I think he did good. Yeah, he was, he was excellent. And remember as well, he was retired for two years before um, for the French national team. So they only called him back last minute as well for him to actually be uh, in the team. So he came in and he literally just bossed the whole tournament, like you said as well. So um, it really goes to show how well um, Zidane Zidane did. And right. for me, I think I'm going to have to go for... <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, Zidane is just... I tried tricking you there, and you just like, no, I need Zidane in my team. I was like, oh, it didn't work. Oh, my God. I know my team. <laughs> I needed him. Oh, no. Um, I'm going to go for Thierry Henry as my striker as well. So Thierry Henry and David Villa up front, Cruz in the midfield, and Varane at the back. So it's looking very European. So I think for the next pick, I'll have to go for someone who's from South America or from Asia. We'll see. I'll add a bit of variety. Um, 2002 now, so you can pick a keeper if you want, but I'd rather you didn't because you can pick five amazing attacking players as well. And um, no, no, we are all about attack here. That's what. I... See, this is what I like to hear, Shabnam. It's like you've done your homework properly. You said you haven't, but you have, so it's perfectly fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, yes. away, away you go. Who is your fifth pick in your team, Shabnam? Uh, Ronaldo, the original one. R9. See, yeah. now I know now I know your plan. So you've got <laughs> Ronaldo, you've got Zidane, you've got Goetze, you've got Modric, and um who is the other player you have? He's the only defend defensive player I have. Um yeah. oh actually he's not so defensive, he's misbuilt. Uh Iniesta. Iniesta. So you've literally We got... all about attack. We just want to attack. We don't want to defend. You know, do you know what I was thinking? I was thinking, oh, I've definitely got you beat now because she said that, oh, I'm not going to pick any of these players. But um, yeah, you, you, you may have beaten me. I don't know who I can pick in this team. You pick Ronaldo. Um, I could go 
I don't know who to pick. I don't want to go for Ronaldinho because as a kid, for watching England against Afghanistan, Ronaldinho scores the winning goal and he made me cry as a kid. So I was like, the only time I cried over football was when Ronaldinho scored against me. So everyone goes on about how much they love Ronaldinho. And I'm like, I don't like him. He made me cry as a child, so I can't pick him. <laughs> Not at all. Um, yeah, it's true. I was like, I need to think of someone else. So for 2002... Um, you know what? I'm going to be a bit cheesy and I'm going to pick David Beckham because he's English. I should really go for someone. Actually, no, no. You know who I'm going to go for? I'm going to go for Park Ji Sung from South Korea. I'll add a oh. bit of variety in there as well. Yeah, that's... In... It's not fully European anymore then. I needed that variety in there as well, Shabnam. So I thought, you know what? It'd be quite good to have a South Korean player in there as well. But um yeah, it beats going for all the usual type of players like Neymar and Messi and all of that. So I thought it would be quite good. But I think you know you've already won. When you've got Ronaldo and you've got Zidane in your team, I can't Enough. compete. <laughs> I can't compete with that. Oh, this is crazy. Um, but no, obviously the sixth player would be you as well. So you'd be in the team, which would be crazy. I think Ronaldo was, I mean, 2002 was such a... Um... I think this was my first ever World Cup and seeing Ronaldo with his hair and like the bangs that he had, it was just, I mean, you could only notice him on the field because that was a very unique hairstyle to have. You could notice him from space shot number with that right. hair that he had as well. It's crazy yeah. to see how he did it. Which is but the man noticed and he did, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, let me just type this into the chat. So my team was Rafael Varane, Tony Cruz, then I had David Villa, then I had Thierry Henry, then I had uh, Park G. Sung, and then Shabnan, you had Modric. Right. Then you had... Mario Yeah. Then you mm -hmm. had Iniesta, then you had Zidane, and then you had R9 Aldo. I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll skip over the fact we didn't pick Messi or Ronaldo because they haven't done it in a World Cup yet. We've gone for players who have actually done very well in the World Cup, so it's good to see how it works. But all... I think that they're actually going to do very well this, like, in Qatar. I feel yeah. like it's last chance to really represent and perform their best because, I don't know, man, I, I don't think they're going to be back in four years, which is sad. Yeah, but... end of an era, and it's going to be in Qatar as well, so... Just before we wrap up the podcast, Shabnam, I'm going to ask you the last three questions. Who do you think is going to win the World Cup? Who do you think is going to be the top scorer of the World Cup? And who's your favourite player that you're looking forward to watching at the World Cup as well? So first things first, who's going to win the World Cup, Shabnam? I really, really hope Argentina is going to win the World Cup. Why Argentina? Why not Denmark? Uh, I think Denmark is going to do great because they have a very good... Uh set of players um but unfortunately i don't think they're gonna go all the way to the final mm. um i think argentina is gonna win because i i just I'm, I'm i might be a little biased in my opinion i just want messi to win the world cup before he retires that would be like the perfect ending to his career as well even if he retires in two three years for him to win a world cup be incredible right and then uh, I think that the top scorer of the tournament would probably be Ronaldo. He's been doing so good um, the past few seasons. I mean, he's not doing that great in Manchester's 
Yeah, no one's really doing that great at Manchester United. So yeah. It is what it is at, but, um, in Manchester. But in Juventus, and he's like been doing good, so he's been top of his game. So I would believe that he will... I think that he will be able to score a couple of goals, and I, I think he will be up there in the top. Fantastic. And if you had to pick one player you're looking forward to watching at the World Cup, who would it be? It can be from any nation. It could be whoever it wants, whoever you want it to be, Shabnam. Uh, I think I would, I love the way Conte from, I, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, um, from France. N'Golo Conte. Yeah I, yeah, I think he's a very underrated player. I think he played, I love watching his, I think he was, uh, he did really good in 2018. You said it was during Ramadan and he's like a very devoted Muslim and he was fasting while he was playing and it's, I mean, the dedication and the passion he has, it's its on match. Yeah. Um, I think I look very much forward to see him play. Fantastic. No, that's fantastic to hear. And hopefully with N'Golo Kante, he gets back into the Chelsea team and gets fully fit so he can get back into the, the France starting eleven as well, which would be fantastic yeah. to see. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the World Cup. I'm looking forward to seeing how England let me down as always Shabnam so it's going to be a fun experience as well and because I'll be at university I'll be missing a few of the games so um, hopefully I don't miss the boring ones yeah it's not coming home England it it might come home but I think you never know there's a 1 in 32 chance and the kit they have as well is a very boring England kit as well so I'm not it's so boring in fact Shabnam women's team great like the English women team they're doing amazing yeah, I don't yeah. think they'll follow suit from the women's team because they're just like a special bunch of players. But with right. me, I was so bored of the England um, England football team, the men's team. I bought a Germany shirt. So I thought, you know what? I'll wear the Germany shirt during the World Cup in England. Let's see how people react to that. Um, that probably didn't go well. Not no. yet. No, no one knows about it yet. But I'll be wearing it loud and proud. I'll be like, yeah, I'm supporting Germany. And I'm like, I don't care about Germany. I just don't care about England. <laughs> ruining my hopes as they always do in these yeah. tournaments um but no i'm going to be looking forward to it um i wanted to kind of ask you as well before we wrap up the podcast how are you going to be watching the world cup Shabnam? are you going to be watching it whilst at university or are you going to be watching it when it's at home what's the time difference like from qatar to the usa uh there's i i'm actually not sure how i would do uh... Manage, but I, I'll probably watch a lot of highlights because I'll be missing a lot of games. Okay. Um, so I'll be watching, be watching some of the games probably. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably be watching it at university and like every time I get to sit and watch it because, um, the channels they, they like they're not so big on uh football here in the United States, so it's more like basketball, American football, like they call it. It's not yeah. really football. They use their hands but anyways that's their issue that's, um, that's their way of doing it yeah and so they call it soccer here and they do cover it in the tv but not as much they don't give it so much attention and i think it's because the united states is not in the world cup they're in the world cup now so finally they are in the world cup yeah uh, but they, yeah I, i'm just i don't think they're gonna go all the way to the semi-final or like, yeah, no, it's on all. a you know, okay, they might make it out of the group, definitely. But it'll be surprising to 
I, I think I think England can get out the group stages, and I think USA can get out if they play properly. But they have a lot of young players that are very good, and because they're hosting the World Cup next time in 2026 as well, that'll be a big yeah. experience for them. Would be I would love to watch, like, go on the stadium and watch football, and really because uh, I think. No, I know that I really miss just going and watching football. I, we don't really get to do that here because oh. there's not club games um, here that you can just go and have like that atmosphere. So I miss that a lot about Europe. No, I can understand that because it's just not the same as it being like a local team as well. It must be far away, like New York Red Bulls. I think are close to you in New York City FC. They're a bit yeah. further away as well in New York City, not New Jersey, where you are at the moment. Um, but no. One thing before we wrap up the podcast here, Shabnam, I need to ask you, if you could give one piece of advice to anyone listening who has gone through anything uh, dark or quite tough in their in their life and from what you've gone through, what's the best piece of advice you could give our listeners in terms of getting through their mental struggles? Um, I think the best way to think about it, this might be very cringe or cliche, um looking forward to the lights at the end of the tunnel um it's always think about that you're in this state of darkness because you have to learn and you get something out of it um and you get the experience and you get the learning experience out of it and when you're on the other side you apply that experience so you don't get into this dark era again in your life um so i think what we really have to do as humans is just take everything that comes our way and process it and try and learn from it and then move on inshallah yeah perfect way to end the podcast i have nothing else really to say except that i'm speechless that i got to speak to you today shabnam so uh for everyone listening thank you very much um for listening shabnam i'll leave your um details in the description below but if you want anyone to learn more about your own journey about afghanistan's journey where can they find out more information besides listening to this podcast where can they find out more information about you and the heroics of the Afghanistani national women's team? Uh, I mean, we have a, a Facebook page for the Afghan women's national team that you guys can contact us there, or you guys can uh, contact me on my Instagram. Um, and I will be happy to assist anybody with any questions um, they might have. Fantastic. And hopefully if, it, if something, a little something we can do to help you, hopefully it goes a long way going forward as well. Um, yeah, my 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 heart is just like full of pride and joy for the Afghanistani team as well. Everyone's probably listening and like, this is not how I normally am. This is not how I normally am, Shabnam. So you've gone to many different ways of changing my emotions over this podcast. So I do thank you for that because it's been a, an eye-opening experience and a very big learning curve um, for me as well. But no, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Shabnam, thank you very much for your time today. Take care and goodbye. <laughs>